You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Desperate Housewives! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Desperate Housewives, Season 8, Episode 11, Who Can Say What's True, is the title of this episode. I'm Derek Shore. Welcome back for another week of Desperate Housewives on After Buzz. I'm here with Roxy Stryer. Hello. Hey, Roxy. Welcome back from the holidays. We missed yeah, you last week. Yeah, long time no see. I know. I know. I was on a plane or I would have been here. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was a good episode, though. Well, it, last week was a good episode. I thought this week was pretty good, too. Yep. And strong. I feel like I've we, during the screening tonight, I was a little antisocial because I don't want to talk to you too much about the show before we go I on know. the air. You won't tell me anything. Some of the people I watch with will talk all the way through, and that's annoying. And some of the people I watch with won't say anything, and that's annoying, too. No, I, you and I talk a lot during the show. Yeah, but not today. Well, today we talked a little bit. One of the things that I love about watching Desperate Housewives with Roxy is that we're pretty much on the same page oh, about yeah. things. And I love that I can react to the television chat, <laughs> set, excuse <laughs> me, and and just shout out in the middle of, of you know something ridiculous. It's and- more like noises. <gasps> or, oh, my God. <laughs> we're on the same page there. Well, but we also make predictions. Oh, yeah. Throughout the show, like, oh, no, Gabby's totally going to mess this up. And Roxy's like, no, Lynette's going to swoop in and save the I, day. I blew the predictions tonight. No. You, were, you were on them. You're usually pretty on them, too. Yeah, but tonight... I was on a different page than the writers. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. And yep. the thing after the episode ended, uh, for all of you listening who, who watched this episode along with us, I was most troubled about this whole scenario with Bree, excuse me, Susan traveling to Oklahoma to meet with a family of the dead guy. Yeah. Uh, it was a creepy all-around creepy scene. Um, Susan being creepy member number one, the girl being creepy member number two. <laughs> but here's the problem. With Susan, I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that her character decided to go do this, fly all the way to Oklahoma to make amends with this family. But what the hell was she thinking by spilling the beans to this girl? It was what she needed to do, but at the same time, it's going to be what comes back to bite her in the butt. And it's crazy because I was watching... Some random season one Desperate Housewives episode. She is a different person. How so? She just isn't the same character anymore. Like we've we've talked about this before, but it really was sinking in with me. She used to be this smart, kick butt girl who was on top of it and always thinking. And now it's careless mistakes all over the place. She just seems tired. But don't as an as an actor or as no, a character? No, as a character. Well, but don't you think that Susan's character has always been a bit flighty and a bit spacey and a bit 
I don't know. I, d- I don't find her to be a 180 from, from how she was in season one. I don't know. I, it just seems she seems so different. She seemed a little weaker, a little just more worn out. She's mm-hmm. been through a lot. Well, she should know better, and I know that it's sort of the women on the on the lane in Fairview are are in kind of a weird place because the friendship has been on the rocks for a long time, and I know Susan mm-hmm. has been feeling like an outsider, so maybe that's why she felt compelled to go out on her own and and talk to this young girl who, by the way, this young actress was so great in that role. Oh yeah, and I kept saying she was incredible. Killing yeah, it. She was but really in the good. moments where I was like, that could be really cheesy. It wasn't. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, the whole Lego buying thing. I mean, when Susan is suddenly writing these big checks, I'm thinking to myself, wait, what happened? I guess she made some money from her art, and Mike is still the plumber whose yeah. who's paychecks, I guess, are, are bounced by Ben now. But where did all this money come from? Did I when miss something? When she said you add an extra zero, what do we think she gave her? A thousand? A thousand dollars, maybe, instead of a hundred? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know where the money's coming from. Um, just dramatic license, I guess. Well, one of the most predictable things, of course, is that Susan's address in Fairview on Wisteria Lane is written on that check. And I, I was saying to you during that episode, one of the few times that we did talk, I said, your address is on your check? That's scary. You know, Roxy, <laughs> I know you are a young whippersnapper, but those of us, like, I mean, I'm 30, so um, that's quite old. Uh, no, it's not. Relative to you, it's quite old. But I remember when I, my first few checkbooks had my address so r- directly on the check. So that in case you murder somebody and you write a check for Legos, they can come hunt you down? Well, I've never written a check for Legos, nor have I murdered anyone, so I've never had that issue. Are, are both those truths? Those, that's absolutely <laughs> true. I, I don't even know why I just asked that. I know that one of them's a lie. No, Pete, do you even own a checkbook? I know that you have Legos at home. Come on. Do you have a checkbook at home? <laughs> yes, I have a checkbook. But your address is not on it. No. Yeah. Nor is my phone number, my email, my shoe size. I know. People Roxy's have gotten trying. smarter. You know, people used to also carry around their social security cards. In their wallets, yeah. which is so stupid because if your wallet is stolen and someone wants to steal your identity, they have your home address, they have your social, and they can apply for any credit card they My want. My friend just lost her green card that way. She was carrying it around in her wallet. So, Do people do that? Uh, smart people don't. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh my! Well, that's for another time. But <laughs> I hope your friend isn't listening to um to the show tonight. But that's not so smart. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the Susan scenario is disturbing. One thing that surprises me as well is the direction that some of these friendships are going in as well. Because right when this episode started, we saw all the women come back together, and Bree was informing them that she had received this other card in the mail saying, "You're welcome." Right. And so the mystery continues. Who is this person sending these these letters to Bree? And I loved Gabby's line, something like, um, I know, why, why don't we all just like become friends again and, and stay mad at Bree? Mm-hmm. And Lynette was like, done, we've got it. Yeah. But what I wasn't expecting was to see this budding friendship between Gabby and Lynette. Yeah, and it's interesting here when we usually talk about, we have different topics and sometimes we talk about uh, the women and their husbands, and sometimes we group them as friends. So I was trying to think of another time that we were talking about Gabby and Lynette together, and I, I don't know how often they really are in a category together. Yeah, well, each of the characters, I think, you know, they're all so different, especially Lynette and Gabby. Gabby is kind of 
uh, superficial right. and comic relief. And Lynette's always been the stable mom and she worries about things too much and is a little too responsible. But what struck me is that even though Gabby's marriage seems to be strong with Carlos, it's actually maybe not that strong mm-hmm. because he's not around. He's in rehab and in, in some ways she's kind of lost her husband during this time of her life. And yeah. Lynette certainly has lost Tom. Who knows if that's permanent or not. But I thought that was kind of nice that even though they are such different characters, they've been able to find this common ground. The common ground is exactly what I was just about to say. Um, That's a big theme of this episode, I think, because talking uh, later, we'll talk about Brie and Renee and what they have in common also, um, the loss of a parent at a young age. And they talk about that in this episode. And Lynette and um, Susan both don't – I mean, and Gabby – Sorry, both um, are missing their husbands right now. So I think it's important to see how people can connect through things like this, especially they're all friends, but just at different points, they connect with different people because of what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it'll be interesting to see as as those characters all connect and Susan is, is the outsider. It'll be really interesting to see how this whole situation plays out with Susan returning from Oklahoma after telling this girl that she doesn't have to worry, the stepfather is never coming back. It was a little too aggressive for my taste, what she said. he's Trust me, he's never coming back. Yeah. I think she could have phrased it in a less incriminating way, mm-hmm. such as, I don't think he'll be coming back. He's been gone for so long. But if he does, here's my number if you want to call or some or no. No phone number, but he here's a hotline you can call. Or how about here's my contact information on the personal check I just gave to your mother. Yes, after I told you that I am certain he'll never be coming back. That whole scene with Susan was a little creepy because yeah. w- when initially she was in their home and she saw the girl leaning up against the door jam and Susan was looking at her and the girl was sort of not sure what she was, you know, she didn't say anything. Then when the girl's taking out the trash and Susan's just sitting there in her dark car waiting, it was creepy, don't you think? It was like the scenes when we see people sitting in the car watching whoever that man is watching watching Brie. Else, watching Brie. Yeah, exactly. Creepy. So Susan's approach maybe I don't know, maybe like wait for her outside of school. Who knows? But at night, I would definitely not want someone to approach me, like, coming out of the dark. Me too. But you know what? That was, I think, my favorite scene from this episode, at least one of them. Uh, By the way, I didn't even say that. I think this episode was incredible. I thought I was really uh, interested with all the different situations. But I think it was my favorite scene because I love when writers find a way to allude to things and we understand. They don't throw it in your face. So the girl wasn't saying, yes, I was abused. Yes, physically, sexually, whatever it was, she was not responding, which is very, I think, a human characteristic. Nobody would just say their life story to a random girl in the middle of the night. But we still, of course, knew what was going on. Right. Uh, And I thought they really had a connection there where Susan really felt relieved by being able to talk to this girl and reminding herself, this is a bad man who shouldn't be on this earth. Yeah. He's doing bad things. And I really did help somebody. Well, and I I don't think there's any question that Susan feels like she is able to let her own emotional baggage go right. after this because we saw at the end of the episode when she comes back to Wisteria Lane, gets home with her luggage and sees Mike in the house and says, "You know what? We don't have to worry about this anymore." Right. The, and just the music and the tone of that whole scene was I think a really powerful way to foreshadow the fact that yeah. no, it's actually probably not 
over cut to family in Oklahoma looking at her address on the check. They're they're going to investigate, right? Of course. And you're an accessory to murder. It's not over until it's over. And when is that? When you're found or when somebody's when something happens. It doesn't just go under the rug. But seriously, we're halfway through the last season. I mean, we we really only have what uh, twelve episodes left, I guess, of this entire series, and. I don't know. These storylines better start wrapping up or else all the women are just going to go to jail in the last episode. Would that piss you off? Um, I don't know if it would piss me off, but I think it would confuse me for sure. No? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. If there was another season of this, I would be sitting here saying, oh, it's out of the question. They're going to find a way to brush this under the rug and move on and, and whatever. But it's ending. Yeah, well, so, and maybe it's a little too soon to even be thinking about that. But I know a lot of these shows, when once the series finally wraps, a, a lot of times th- there are many unsolved questions. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of times no one really – I mean think of The Sopranos. That was years ago when that series ended and people are still asking questions about what happened. Like Lost. I mean, yeah. Everybody's like, what? Totally. You never explained half the things. Well, and Edie Falco, actually, who's on Nurse Jackie, they're inviting one of the Sopranos characters uh, to come on Nurse Jackie and sort of play this role. Anyway, it's it's just interesting how things sometimes never wrap up with these series. Yeah. I mean, in fact, if anyone is listening uh, out there right now and you want to call in, where's our call-in number? 424-256-1729? Is that it? 1729. Yeah, call in if you have any thoughts about this because I, um, I mean, who knows? We should just call Mark Cherry and see if he can spill any of the beans and let us know how it's all gonna oh yeah let's just do that let's do that okay i see him once in a while i'll see him next month at I, a little event i hear you did see somebody though you know yes yes i actually did i um, i don't know who i honestly don't you had well i was telling roxy before the show started i was at starbucks yesterday and uh just kind of working on my little ipad doing catching up on email and i ended up um, seeing one of my friends and then realized he was with one of the actors from Desperate Housewives, a regular on the series. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then they came inside and talked to me because I have this iPad case that my friend Dave has been wanting to buy. Anyway, so we had this long chat. But do you want to know who it is? It's really not that big of a deal. Um, yes, I want to know who it is. It's, I'm pretty sure our listeners do too. Okay, it's not one of the ladies. If I if, if it had been one of the ladies, that would have been what I started the show with. Who tonight. was it? It was Tuck Watkins, who play who is Bob, who's, yeah. who's the neighbor Bob, yeah. uh, half of the gay couple. He's the guy who plays the lawyer, tall, good looking guy, Bob. and that's great. Yeah, he's really cool. I've seen that's him out a at a few one. events. And uh, a very nice guy. And the funny thing is, um, he is, well, I shouldn't speculate on his friendship with my friend Dave, but he's actually had a a really great career. Back in the early 90s, he was on Growing Pains, and he's been on all these soap operas, and he's he's been a working actor for over 20 years. And you got in a conversation about your iPad case? Well, because I have this cool, um, it's like a, it's an iPad case that has a keyboard inside it and P- I can't tell you how many people come up to me at Starbucks asking me about. Oh wow, is that a laptop? That's an iPad. What? That's your case, huh? How does that work? <laughs> They're on sale at Costco. They're forty nine dollars. Logitech. It's great. No, but as it turns out, so Tuck, uh, Tuck, and my friend Dave were sitting at Starbucks on Tuck's iPad, and they are both both now ordained ministers because they have a friend, a girlfriend who's getting married, and I guess they're gonna maybe 
take turns officiating yeah the wedding so they were online at starbucks um becoming ordained ministers so when i chatted with them in the morning they had started the process and by the time they came over to say goodbye they were ordained ministers so i could do that you could do that you could absolutely do that in 24 hours oh you could do it in like two hours you could go online. I think that's scary. I don't know if I like that. I Well, you know what? These days, there are so many people getting married. Now the gays are getting married. Who knows? And by the way, I am not getting married just yet, Roxy, so there's no reason for you to go online and become an ordained minister. Oh, my God. Am I going to officiate? I, I, if if my boyfriend proposes to me, you would I would love it if you would. I hope he's listening. Wedding. I I don't think he's listening. Maybe he can call me first and give me the heads up so I can start getting my license <laughs> to officiate. Okay, I'll let him know that. <laughs> anyway, so that was <laughs> anyway. So that was um, my little celebrity sighting. But you know, it's it's interesting to me how living in L.A. It, I mean, I, I know there are all these little pocket neighborhoods. Wherever you live, you have like your local coffee shop or your grocery store or whatever you like to do, your gym. And the, yesterday, it was just a reminder to me of like people coming in and out of Starbucks and Tuck's there with my friend Dave. And then my friend Eddie comes in. Oh, look, there's Tuck. Oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, there's like everyone knows everyone, everyone. Yes. And I remember in one of my first like big television jobs, uh, I had a boss who I was not crazy about. And I was really vocal about the fact that I thought he was a douche. Which No, you thought he was a... A fadouche. But we'll get to that, Gabby's little scene. But it's seeing Tuck yesterday at Starbucks and then realizing that all of my friends, who I've known for a long time, everyone is so connected. And especially in business, no matter what industry, it doesn't have to be film or television. Oh, that's be the anything. best. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> if you want to have the most fun, of course you would, you would do that. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else. But it's so important just to you know always be professional be nice and and be cool and and i early just be on cool you yeah know just what? be cool if you're listening out there just when you think what should i do be cool just be totally cool <laughs> well because you never know when that person who you know that boss who you hate and you're and you're bad mouthing at the coffee shop you never know when that boss is best friends with the casting director of the show that you want to roll on you know Does that I mean? happened to you are you a little bitter no that's, yeah that's also another no no not at all <laughs> but there are just times when everything i think comes full circle it does. Eventually, totally. you will you will have experiences in your life, and then five years later, something will come full circle, and you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, that's why I met that person, or that's why I had that job and and met that." You know, so it all comes uh-huh. full circle. Totally. Anyway, so, speaking full circle, any chance that he'll be in studio? Well, I don't know. You I didn't know. drop that, did you? I felt like it was yeah. a little too early to be like, "So, hey, dude," because here's the thing: when you meet, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. There. Here's where I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on. You, you guys had your preachy rant and all that, <laughs> which was great. Which was great. Okay. I will give you that. But here's here's my rant. Yes. Um, anytime I've met, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Onyegaro and Maria Menounos, they meet all these people, and uh, they throw themselves at this idea. They're like, "You guys do what?" Why, why aren't we in studio? Why didn't you guys ask us? I mean, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, he was like, yeah, I'm there. That's awesome. So, and he missed was. Missed opportunity. No, no, no. Not a missed opportunity. Not at all. Because we know the friend. I, yeah, there exactly. I believe in planting the seeds. And it would, be, it would take me two seconds to text my friend Dave and say, yo, two questions. Do you need me to pick up one of those iPad cases for you at Costco? And question number two, will you get Tuck to come on our show? So and I'm, does he want an iPod case as well? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and does Tuck – well, but Tuck has an iPad 1. Sorry, dude. Upgrade to 2. Mm. Um, <laughs> no. the No, so Phil, I don't think there was a missed opportunity at all. I think it's just – I think when you meet someone, it's a little – especially in L.A., there are – I don't know. There are so many people who find out that I, like, produce commercials or I host shows once in a while. And the moment they learn that, they're, like, pitching me on this huge idea. And, like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, chillax a bit. Like, yeah. let's just – chill and so it's very much i don't like when people do that to me and so it's very much my style to get to know someone a little bit and then be like hey and by the way if you're interested see i'm kind of the opposite i don't like when people beat around the bush like if you're gonna talk to me about something it's like the people who call you and they're like hey what are you doing How tomorrow you? and by the way would you mind doing this favor for totally. me totally i hate like, that too uh, just say i need a favor yeah, exactly. If I send someone an email, it's not like, hey, I've missed you so much and I need a favor. Yeah. The subject line of of the email will favor. be favor. I need such and such. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, t- I'm, I'm totally direct. But I also think that, you know, I don't know. In a situation like this, I just didn't feel like congratulations on becoming an ordained minister. By the way, come on. Yeah. I mean, you're not rushed for time. We're here a lot. Well, uh, well, actually, now we only have a few. Now you're, I'm pushing you now. We have a few episodes left. And we haven't really had anybody. We haven't had anybody come in for this show. No, we had we had Scott Jenkinger, the casting director for Housewives, yeah, come but on he, last season. He called in. He yeah. called in. Yeah. Well, in any case, I'll work on that talk. That was great. Oh, my God. I third degreed him. You, you third degreed and I asked him so Scott. many questions. No, no, he loves that. Scott's the nicest guy in the world. Anyway, well, we've strayed a bit from the topic, but hopefully we'll get on Mark or Tuck or anyone involved in the show. I still think that Terry Hatcher would be great in studio next to you. I think you two would look great. We'll work on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to take that compliment and let it soak in for a second. So tonight's episode, I know that we've talked about Housewives not typically being a family-friendly show. And there are times when I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a broadcast network. And they just said, what? Yeah. Like uh, tonight when Renee was was be- being a bit huffy about Ben because he was on the phone when she oh. came over. And she was like, the guy from Down Under won't be going Down Under. <laughs> Yeah. From now on. That was funny. Do you remember how oh, I... Oh, yeah. And like, you said, oh, oh what? No, I yelled, ew. I just oh, yelled, Oh, is that ew. what you said? Well, because I feel like that's a little too you descriptive. I'm a little flustered whenever we're talking about going down under and Vanessa Williams is involved, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. But with that aside, I did feel like this is one of those episodes that I wish my Mormon mother in Salt Lake City was paying attention to because she was a single mom raising us. And when Lynette is having difficulty with the light in the dining room and then... Another one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And the scene... With Penny and... Yeah, toward the end when she said, your dad is gone. And if I had known he was going to leave, I would have had him teach me this stuff while he was still around. Yeah. That's so powerful. And so true. And so depressing. It makes me really want to open my eyes when I am doing things to, because you never know who from your life is going to be gone the next day or whatever. You need to be able to be independent. Absolutely. You, and it's horrible that she had to be go from being codependent to being independent and all of a sudden all these things that she took for granted she can't do. Yeah, we didn't see Tom at all this episode either because he's off in Paris with Jane. But Which is good because if they started putting in footage of him in Paris with Jane, I would have walked into the 
other room. That would have been too cheesy. No, too much for me. I don't want to see him with her. Oh, really? Oh, oh no. Why? Uh, it makes me sad. Really? Seriously? Yeah, no, yeah. Why? It makes me sad. Because you hate that he's not with Lynette yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I had no so you're like seriously connected to these characters. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like do you think he'll come back because I feel like in the last episode there was such a turning point when Tom really said when they were at the dining table and Tom was like ranting, going off on Lynette and saying, "How could you do this? What were you thinking?" blah 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 and she said, "I don't need a lecture. I just need you to support me." Yeah. And he said, "It's all right." I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. That to me was was so telling. I mean, I I, I still just can't imagine them not together. Uh, it was more for me the moment with the pizza where he got something and she was like, oh, you never get the right pizza. And he was like, well, uh, you're complaining about it. Well, what's the girl that he's with? Jane. Jane. I try to forget. Yeah. Jane Hill. So he's like, Jane would never complain about this. And she's like, well, maybe after 23 years, you should get my pizza order right. Yeah. And he was like, wow. What did you think about that? Because I, maybe I have a tendency to side with Lynette. I don't know why. I love Tom's character, by the way. But in that moment, I saw that that pizza moment provided so much clarity for me about their relationship. Because yeah. I think Tom is a really nice guy. And... At the same time, I also thought, yeah, you know what? If if my partner of 20 years came home and still brought the deep dish instead of the thin crust and he knows that I like thin crust. That's what I'm saying. That moment for me was like, ouch. This is – I mean it's just pizza, but it's not just pizza. And if you don't know the person's coffee order that you've been seeing for a couple months, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's it's huge for to be married for so long. And I thought that if he had blown back up at her or something like that, it wouldn't have been OK. But he really took it and said, I never knew. I'm sorry. And uh, if next time he still brings home the wrong pizza, that's one thing. But if he learns from it, I think they have room to grow still. But when he did say, I never knew, I'm sorry. My next question was, well, how could you not how know? Could you know? How could you not know? How could you not pay attention to something but like that? But it's kind of like, how could she not know how to fix the light? How could she not know where the circuit breaker is? Totally. The same thing. You take things for granted. Yeah. Well, and even that scene when the kids, when they were all sitting in the dark and the kids were pointing the cir- circuit breaker and pointing to the flashlights, I thought, wow, Lynette has always been so independent. She's so smart. She's so together. She's so responsible. Seriously, she doesn't yeah. know where the circuit breaker is in her house. But also, I guess, you know, that long of a marriage and those many layers of responsibilities. You don't ever sit down and discuss, okay, you handle these things and I'll handle these things. It kind of just happened. He started handling the light fixtures. She started doing the dishes, whatever. And they each get their own tasks. And soon enough, you have no idea how to do the other person's, which 20 years ago you would have known how to do. But now, because somebody's been doing it for you, you don't know. So I thought it was pretty realistic, actually. What did you think about the scene with Gabby when she comes to uh, <laughs> to learn some of the the um, financial jargon from Lynette? Uh, I think this was one of those. They're both in the wrong situations. Neither of them were treating each other like a friend. Uh, Gabby came and asked for help. Lynette was a kind of bitch. And then Gabby always tries to get by in her looks. I thought it was a very classic up. So them, this is what goes on. This is all of their interactions to date. 
But I guess I just find it hard to believe that Gabby, I mean, she is, she likes the bling and she, you know, was wrecking, raking the leaves in her yard in that blue leather jacket. I don't know what that was about. Which but, clashed with her pants. <laughs> but was wearing like Converse. I was like, eh. How can she not know that if this is a 92, $93 million contract, how can she not know that she is perhaps not the right person to be having this dinner with those well, folks? Well, like I'm saying to you during the show, I thought she was just going to say, Lynette, will you do this? It would have taken Lynette less time to go to dinner than to teach Gabby some of this language. Yeah. And I think Lynette would have said yes. Yeah, totally. So why that didn't happen, what? Who knows? But that was kind of an uncomfortable scene in the restaurant. But uh, what I'm saying is I don't like when Desperate Housewives does this because we literally saw this a few weeks ago. Where yeah. Gabby went into the office and tried to wine and dine seduce somebody into doing something. And she ended up having another guy have to come in and bail her out because she was talking and about nothing related to the subject. Yeah, totally. So. It was the exact same situation. I know. This was one of those moments where I thought, okay, Carlos, we didn't see him once. Carlos and Juanita, actually. We didn't see them once during this entire episode. Yeah, we've been seeing less of Juanita. And, and more of the little girl. Maybe she needs a little more FaceTime this this eighth and final season. Yeah, but we didn't see Carlos. including the gummy bear eating and random snippets of her. Yeah. What? <laughs> but I'm, I would be so curious to sit in the writer's room on, on Desperate Housewives and see how these story arcs are framed, framed out because they clearly must know where the series is going and how it's all going to end. But you wouldn't know it from watching this oh, Gabby no. Carlo storyline because it to me tonight, like you said, it was just sort of a repeat of what we've seen Gabby do in the past. And so Circles. I thought – Carlos is gone. They need to keep Gabby occupied. Like, what is this? Where is the storyline going? This, to me, makes it seem like the writers are not really sure how this is going to wrap up. It's exactly what you're saying. She, They need her to be in the episode. They can get away with Carlos not being in the episode. You can't get away with Gabby not being in the episode. So I think she's literally going in circles. Her character is not growing. It's not going to be in the next 12 episodes that she has this huge revelation and all of a sudden decides to be Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> and so they're cycling through old storylines to keep her busy yeah probably so which is not okay think of something well in why don't we take a commercial break but when we come back why don't we talk a little bit about mike and ben because the other twist in this episode that i was not quite expecting is for ben to start paying a little more attention to renee and i was not expecting the reason to be money or expecting the mafia situation yeah that was a little bizarro open suitcase with all that money let's talk about it after the break okay after buzz tv hi i was once like you a lazy angry loner whose only joy was watching tv and surfing the net and like you after i'd see one of my favorite tv shows i'd be so excited and have so many questions that i'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler then i discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz tv produces after show webcasts and podcasts for tv series of all kinds like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. 
Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? that commercial break had been a little shorter because... <laughs> I would have been stuck in a sticky situation. Yeah, Roxy just had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction. I don't know if people can act sometimes see on the air because last week... If they could, that would have been very embarrassing. No, because when we're streaming on Ustream, last week before the show even started, I was in here like setting up and we, we were already... The feed was live. Anyway, Roxy just got her sweatshirt stuck in her earring and had a bit of a... Uh, yeah, it's Problem. off now, and I'm it's ready off, to go. It's all good. We're ready to go. We're back. <laughs> so as we were discussing before the commercial break, Mike and Ben, uh, we saw more of them this episode than we've seen of them in a while mm-hmm. because Mike shows up to Ben's front door and says, yo, dude, my paycheck bounced. And Ben was saying, oh, well, I, I don't really know why. And, of course, from the scary music and the and the look on his face, you know that there's more to the story than we're actually hearing. The music in this show does it. You know exactly oh, where I everything's know. going. I know. Seriously. The music is, is just genius. It's timed so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But the the end result is that clearly Ben is having some financial issues and this this huge construction project that he's been working on for quite some time is now on hold because of these issues but as Roxy mentioned before the break and as we all saw there's this giant suitcase i mean does the mafia really make deals with people like that yo dude and they're there like with a suitcase and it's How would filled he even with money find him? i have no I idea Google, mafia money lenders serious and they're just sitting there with a suitcase full of money as if that's not conspicuous at all if he doesn't come back why that storyline was put in beyond me the guy better come back he, he's got it your name's mike right if yeah, that doesn't mike. come back yeah but I actually liked that they had this situation in where uh, he can't – why do I always forget his name? Ben. Ben. I, I even asked you during the show like three times. He's Australian. You're racist. That's the answer. I, oh my! Don't tell everybody. <laughs> so Ben, I liked that he says, I consider myself or am considered to be somewhat successful and I'm still having monetary issues. Yeah. Because all the time on TV you see the rich people stay rich and the poor people have, st- struggle for money. You can be successful. You can have a lot of money, and you can be struggling. Oh yeah, or you 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 know your your assets might be tied up, or they might not be liquid. It might not be cash in the bank. So who knows the real reason behind his his financial problems? But I saw. I've always really liked Ben, and I've always just kind of wondered why he's on the lane because he's a nice guy. But I don't think he would be there just to be Renee's love interest, or why he was helping out. Free and covered for the murder. It's like too nice of a guy. Exactly. And there have been a few too many unexplained things about this guy, Ben. So this episode, we saw a side of Ben that I don't think we've really seen before because he has been sort of blowing Renee off. And clearly, if he's having financial issues, problems with his company, then that's probably burdening his mind. And he's he's preoccupied with that. But he sort of turned, he changed his tone with Renee once he realized she's money bags. She's money bags that she inherited 12 million. Well, she didn't inherit, but she got from her divorce from this professional athlete $12 million. So right. it's almost like we saw a light bulb go off in Ben's head like, oh, 
maybe I should pay more attention to her. And I didn't like I that. I didn't like that at all. It's such a bummer. I thought scummy. it was a nice – it is scummy. I don't know about him because I'm starting to try to think about who's writing these letters and what's going on and where this show is going. And you've got to think about the characters we don't know that well. Could there be some freaky twist where he's not as nice of a guy as we think he is? Well, I think we might be going down that road because in the very beginning of this episode when we saw the women talking about this most recent note that Brie got in the mail saying you're welcome, it was on the same stationery that Mary Alice got her card on. It said, I know what you did. I'm going to tell. It makes me sick, right? So the women are as confused as we are, it seems, because this mystery person seems to be shaming them for what they did, but at the same time – is leading them to believe that he or she he or she is the one who killed Chuck by hitting him with the car. Wait, but just on that note, I had to say it pissed me off at the beginning how dumb they're all playing. So they find the note that says you're welcome and it takes them too long to figure it out. They're like, wait, so you think this is the same person who wrote the other note? Obviously. Wait, so have we seen the stationery before? Do you guys think this is a big deal? Obviously. What are you guys saying? But but here's the problem, though, Roxy. You're a super fan, and you watch this show as closely as I do. That's and I true. think that for the average person maybe who's tuning in, they need to be reminded. Like, this kind of – I think that was spelled out for the audience. I know, but I know what you did. You make me sick. I'm going to tell is, like, in my mind – if you are watching this show... Because you're a super fan. But if you're watching this show in the final season and you don't know that that note had been was a note... Then why are you watching the show? Then kind of like, why would you stick with it for eight seasons? I think that everybody who still watches is a super fan. I don't know. I don't know. You ten, don't think so? Ten, ten million people out there can recite that? Maybe. Well, no, not, not just... I, you don't have to recite it, but you should know... Or at least if you don't know the that um, that one, you know the... Second one that they wrote, not to Mary Alice, but to Bree a couple episodes ago. Well, I would expect more letters to be coming in future episodes. There's got to be something, some way that we get more clues about who this person is who's sending these letters. Although we did get a big clue today about who the person was with... With the hands? I know, but what if it's a woman with man hands? Then she really needs a manny. What if it's my Aunt Roberta with hairy knuckles? Oh, poor Aunt Roberta. I actually don't have an Aunt Roberta. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because that would have been really mean to out her on, I know. on air like that. And those hairy knuckles. You know, there's nothing wrong with having hairy knuckles. I kind of have man hands. They're too small to be man hands, but I've got chubby fingers. Oh, you do not. You live in L.A. You have a warped sense of what's chubby, and <laughs> those <laughs> fingers are perfectly feminine, Roxy, I assure I'm you. I'm doing my finger exercises. <laughs> so, um, Aunt Roberta it, can do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Roberta, gosh, I love you. If only you were real. Um, in in the prediction arena for, for next week, we did see in the tease. What was that? Prediction. Oh, there we go. There we now, go. You're after Buzz TV. We can't. We haven't even. I don't know. This has all gone so fast. This has gone fast. I know. I'm, I'm not ready for it. Wait, you said predictions. I know. I know. No, no, no. It's. I it's, think it's, it's good. It's time, but I, I'm realizing that. I mean, we've mentioned like t- about 12 more episodes left, and oh my god, Roxy. You know what? Sometimes things come to an end. I'm too emotionally involved. I need to find a way to uh, 
separate my emotions from my job and watching this. It's just too stressful for me sometimes. Listen, tonight you need to put on your calendar on your calendar what you're going to be doing for Memorial Day because by the time it's that time of year and the end of May, housewives will be a thing of the past. Oh. Oh my god. I know. I know. So everything comes to an end, good or bad. So, sorry, Roxy. When the bad comes to an end, it's okay. I know, exactly. But sometimes Desperate Housewives is bad. Good, bad, or desperate. Tonight it was to Tonight it was good. Yeah, this season's been killing it. Well, I'm looking forward to next um, next year's new ABC series, Desperate Douchebags, which uh, Sarah and I coined a while ago. Um, Remember? No, no. You and Sarah did not coin it. What? I coined it with you. <laughs> okay, you know what, Roxy? You need to stop taking trips because out of sight, out of mind, when you're gone... And I was the casting director of the show, okay? <laughs> of Desperate Douchebags. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know a few. <laughs> so we saw in the, te- in the tease for next week's episode that Ben opens up a box and there's a diamond ring in it. And that seems like kind of a no-brainer because yeah. if Ben is going to cozy up to Renee to try to get her money, what better way to do that than to propose and have a legal contract? I hope she says, are you crazy? Instead of, Yes. Because if she says, yes, I'll say, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, I I have no idea how she would respond because her character seems like such a strong woman. Part of me thinks that she would say, fine, we'll just, we'll marry, but we'll have a prenup. That's what the smart Renee would do. But on the other hand, she has been so desperate, no pun intended, to try to get Ben's affections that I wouldn't be surprised if she just went for it and he took half her money. Seriously, I swear that's where this might be going. If that's where... Okay, so I guess we have to talk about Ben then as a character and predict where he is going because if he is a bad guy, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not... I don't... I think they're making us think that's where they're going to take us, but then they're not actually going to take us there. That's what I'm hoping because I like him. Really? And I liked the cop that breezed to date that's now dead. I know, Chuck. Uh, Chuck. But he went crazy. He went psycho. Yeah, he did go But that's, what, that's exactly what I'm going to say. We liked him, and then he went psycho. Yeah. So if they do that again, I'm telling you, cycling, the circles, and the same stories. Come on. Think of something. No, but you know they're going to do this, though, Roxy, because— They're not. Yes. In the <laughs> premiere episode of Desperate Housewives, season one, eight and a half years ago, seven and a half years ago, whatever, it's— was Mary Alice putting a gun to her head, and that was it. And we've seen her a number of times through flashbacks, but it seems like now the things that are happening is the series is coming to an end, the writers are trying to tie up all these loose ends, and in tonight's episode, oh, look, it's this this other note. Same handwriting, same, same stationery as Mary Alice. Person's using the same stationery from eight years ago. So somehow they're trying to tie this all back in, and I wouldn't be surprised if a character like Ben's character was somehow tied back into this whole series from season one through the use of flashbacks. Because just think, how many times they've used flashbacks to help tell a story? Well, they're going to need to. They're going to need to, right. We're sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking, who could this person be? Right. Who are our options even? Can we go over that? Do we even have any options? Well, okay, so the mafia guy who was meeting with Ben and had the briefcase full of money, he was a guy who came out of nowhere, but I bet we'll see more of because he kind of threatened Mike in a bullying kind of way. And we saw the man hands on the steering wheel of that car. 
I don't know. Could that guy somehow be involved? Could there be some sort of monetary backstory? I don't know. know. Or what about – I I wasn't here last week, so I don't know if you talked about Carlos and that weird scene with him and Gabby where Gabby says – if you go to the police and confess anything ever again, I'll kill you. Yeah, that was a little Which was bizarre, so bizarre, too. but Carlos was hammered and claims he doesn't know what he was doing and ended up at the police station. Is he a candidate, for lack of better words? You know, that's a good question. Maybe so. Maybe the Carlos that, that we know is not the Carlos, Carlos that we, we thought know. we did. Any of the husbands, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to be upset, kind of, if we've been thinking people are one thing for this many years i could deal with ben being bad because we haven't known him that long i wouldn't like it but i could deal with it but if they pull one of the husbands like tom (laughs) how could it be one of the husbands though because the women are all worried and the husbands just want the women to calm down about it i don't think it's them i don't know who like you're welcome sending secret notes to your wife and her friends where's uh felicia felicia Felicia, um, crazy woman with two fingers now. Oh, oh, whatever happened to her? Isn't she back in like the insane asylum? I don't know. Maybe she's out and has man hands because she had to get new fingers. <laughs> and it's a hand transplant. <laughs> she's in the insane asylum with Dana Delaney. Oh my gosh, Felicia, <laughs> Felicia, I had forgotten about her. There are there have been so many characters so in many this series characters. killed by. Like the- I was talking about where are Lynette's other kids. They moved out and then they left. Or any of their kids, uh, uh, Bree's son. Oh, yeah, the twins. The um, Lynette's, yeah, Lynette's son. Susan's twins. daughter. Yeah, Bree's son and daughter. Su- uh, Bree's daughter with the baby. Oh, yeah. Susan's daughter. <laughs> and the sex swings. Remember she made sex swings? Yes. The bottom line is these actors are cute as kids and they grow up and they're hideous and so they just don't renew their contracts. That's what happens. Yeah, and then they apparently are oh. okay. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I figured that was a good note to end on. That's our producer. Words Bill. You were kidding, I was not. I'm Whatever. totally teasing. These actors are all adorable. And uh anyway that, I'm... that's you trying to keep the good connections <laughs> and not bad mouthing people. I read right through you. Just ten minutes ago I was talking about not burning bridges and not talking bad about people. You know, it's just I, I think that insults can be used world. to we're, be we're Yes. I mean we're all friends and we can all poke fun of each other. Kathy Griffin makes fun of people all the time and look, she's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I'm curious to see more of uh Lene and Ga- or Lynette and Gabby's buddy. <laughs> budding friendship and I'm also I'm also anxious to see if next week I can actually spit out a co- coherent sentence we also uh, we saw Brie like randomly effing these guys <laughs> yeah Brie I'm I, excited for that she looked fantastic in this episode oh yeah more beautiful than we've ever seen her but she is becoming a little hooch ball but good yeah. for her there's only 12 episodes left so she better be getting I'm gonna give her action. that winky face okay you, perfect you go Brie all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. And uh, next week, we hope to have you back right here at After Buzz TV, Desperate Housewives. And we will be back next week for episode 12. So. Yes, and real quick, I have, a, have an announcement. Sorry yeah. that I saved it for the end of the show. But okay. um, we'll be streaming. Uh, all of our shows now will be streaming exclusively on AfterBuzzTV.com starting tomorrow. So, um, And uh, the reason for that is we want AfterBuzzTV.com. It's new. It's redesigned. And so we want it to basically create a one-stop shop for you guys if you want to subscribe to these guys on itunes 
if you want to watch the latest episodes, uh, if you want to know what the hell the schedule is, if you want to see all the other shows that we do, um, you know, it's it's all there for you. If we you want to get a host so bio, shows. we got Derek, we got Roxy, you know, check. You want to know a little more about them? That's the perfect way to find out. Um, connect with them, too. You know, uh, it's the easiest thing there is. Yeah, and that website looks great, afterbuzztv.com. So that's awesome that you can just go there and watch the streaming shows from now on. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, by the way, thank you to those who have been tweeting. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. We work so hard for you guys. And, uh, you know, just like these guys are working hard bring you the best Desperate Housewives podcast there is. Yeah, totally. Thanks for tweeting during the show. I mean, we're a bit technically challenged and there's a lot going on. And what is this tablet thing? I mean, next week I'm going to work. You were talking about iPads and how you got iPad 2 and you got the thing and you're complaining about tablets. The iPad is an Apple product. This, I have no idea what it is. I should probably cover up the brand. See, and now I'm going to get computer companies suing me. (laughs) Anyway, we'll figure out the Twitter comments and uh, next week uh, we'll try to tweet you back or at least mention you guys on the air. Thanks for Which, following Which, by the us. way, follow at Derek Shore, correct? Yeah, follow Derek Shore and Roxy. At Roxy Stryer. At Roxy Stryer. They'll Easy. love to talk Keeping to you. Keeping it simple. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for the info, Phil, on how to watch AfterBuzzTV.com. Thank you, guys. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz, buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principal.